Hey everybody, welcome to Exo Squad Goals, the Exo Squad Cast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Harney. And I'm Chris Tarantino. And on this episode, we're talking about that Dream War, episode 20, season two, The Dream War. This episode was written by Mark Edens and Martin Pasco. That may, name may not sound familiar, but if you like early 90s cartoons, you've definitely seen his work. Dude's worked on everything from G.I. Joe to The Twilight Zone to freaking Batman the Animated Series and beyond. He wrote only one episode of Exo Squad, this one. Uh, but most notably for me, he wrote the screenplay for Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which is pretty sick. That rules! That's the where Batman gets laid. <laughs> yeah, and like kills a dude. Like, yeah, he murders that guy in the beginning. Yeah, well, he drops a door on a dude too. Like, just crushes him. Yeah, but, and the guy goes still because he's like definitely dead. Yeah, there's like there's poop on the floor. It's bad. It's a bad scene. Yeah. No yeah, one's gonna forget that. Um, so if you were wondering about some of the more overt horror elements in this episode, there you go. Dude's got a background in it. He also wrote an episode of Mega Man. So cool. But uh, what'd you guys <laughs> <laughs> what'd you guys think of this one? Uh, it's really weird. It's very strange. So one thing that I did really notice is like with the Neo Warriors. That's what they're called, right? Yeah, well, yeah, like the Warrior Brood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Warrior Brood. So like the show is called Exo Squad. Like the whole concept is around like the Exo fleet has exo frames like the e the e-frame is like a it's a core part of the mythology so like the whole point of the warrior brood is to have neo sapiens that don't have exo frames it like seems <laughs> to be a weird like choice like well what's that line shiva has in the back now i'm a zookeeper <laughs> yeah what do you think chris um I, you know i don't love the, these creatures i think it i think i liked it enjoyed parts of it better than i enjoyed last week's episode um you get some cool there's some you know the batman <laughs> have minds <laughs> and the uh the crab guys like to grab people and drown them <laughs> which i find horrifying yeah they, there's, um, there's a lot of weirdly funny and horrifying imagery in here i thought it kind of like you know kind of gave dalian and weston a little bit of a story which I thought was cool, and uh, the ginger Aboriginal, which was cool. <laughs> um, I don't know. I yeah, I'm not. I didn't love it. Didn't hate it. I guess. I I like the like. I I'm always a fan in any in any kind of like in any kind of like science fiction or fantasy franchise, like side stories where you get to see like another like. Oh, this is where things like are like in Australia. Like I think that part with like. The Aboriginal culture, like connecting like a religious ceremony, like the Neo Sapiens and the I thought the Napier story was actually pretty sick. Yeah, that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about in the episode. So with that, let's let's get into the uh, the rundown. I'm, I'm picturing all these different stings in my head that I'm never going to make. Run down. Um, so basically we pick this one up right where we left off the last one and the, uh, Australian resistance is holed up in there in parliament getting just shellacked and basically they decide to just like to peace out. Okay, people, let's frame up. The Lieutenant says they're bugging out of Canberra and we're flying air cover. And they try to do like a column, like an evacuation column with all these big like Neosapien shuttles, but that doesn't go so well because the Batman, as Chris was talking about, fly up <laughs> and like drop high explosives 
in their PJs. So, yeah. like, you know, they're getting out of bed. They're not, you know. Yeah, they're comfy. They're, they're nocturnal. This is during the day. Clearly, they'd be in their pajamas. Yeah, they're a little cranky. So they decide to blow up some uh, transports. And a scene repeats twice of once with acid spitting, once with the uh, bat mines that do they, do they have bat utility belts? All those Batmen? Um, I don't know. But the Neo Sapiens developed rock studies. Yeah, well, that, that's my favorite thing from the episode is that one gets like all the people run out and they get gra- grabbed by the crab people and dragged down into the seated round. And then the other one, Rocksteady's giant rhino Neosapiens show up and just like fucking start wrecking shit. So <laughs> but when the when the crabs do it, they like grab three people and then there's two people standing there and then two more crabs come up and take the two people <laughs> who haven't moved. It's 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 both funny and terrifying. Yeah, it, it's a real nightmare vision. It's like I mean, I'm like I probably would be shocked and stay there not knowing what to do, but they just got like an assembly line of crab people down there. Um, so I'm about to do something that I have railed against on numerous occasions, but it did really bother me. Um, like <laughs> so normally I am a really big believer that like in science fiction or fantasy, like like harping on like the physics or like how like certain things work is like basically pointless sure but (laughs) i did balk a little at the fact that the like the bat people can fly as fast as kastakagi's exo fighter which flies (laughs) through space and like put a bomb on it and then like flap its wings and like fly away like (laughs) yeah there's a lot of i was actually gonna that was another thing i want to get into because Basically, the, the majority of this episode is taken up by uh, Abel Squad and everyone. They're going to peace out. But uh, Deleon and Maggie stay behind because Deleon's frames messed up and can't fly. And basically, they end up getting into a uh, an unden- unending chase with a bunch of raptor neosapiens. And there's a point in the show where they're flying in an E-frame and the raptor guys are keeping pace with them. So, like, how fast can these dudes run? Right, JT J. Marsh shoots a like a crocodile, a lizard Neosapien square in the chest with a laser beam that has cut a hole in a in a space cruiser, and the dude gets up and is fine. No, it's no, it's but it's it's cool though because he uses the solar flare and kills them all. <laughs> he just <laughs> oh no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> There's a lot of that in this episode too. They're just like wasting these dudes and they just get back up which makes me wonder like what do you have to do to actually kill these guys i'm of two minds okay it adds to it because it's like they're unstoppable and as a kid i'm sure i was like terrified of this but the rules are all wonky now you know yeah i also think part of what's galling about it for me in retrospect is that like this could have been totally resolved if you had just kept regular Neosapiens and exoframes. Like, all of these, <laughs> like, issues immediately resolved. Like, yeah, exoframes fly as fast as other exoframes. Like, yeah. Well, I, I'm really, I'm not a fan of this thing which happens in sci-fi and fantasy, which is, like, this somehow the character gets the uh, immortality <laughs> status, you know? And it's, like, just, I'd rather just see someone outsmart someone or, or win the war with with the just a normal one set of rules but when you introduce like a second set of rules suddenly it becomes kind of untenable because you just don't know what what can kill these things obviously they'll come up with a reason for it but it's or a way to kill them but you know what i mean it just sort of becomes this thing which is like oh you can't shoot them it, you know so they're immortal i don't you know like well, <laughs> you know, it, it's sort of in uh 
like a you know i haven't watched this since i was like a kid but like gundam for for example right they'll do the thing where like the big gundam is super powerful and destroys all the little guys but they'll be like well the other side countered by building a one-off out of some new metal alloy that is impervious to like bullets but then they figure out like a different way to win the day you know what i mean but that's like a one-off thing it's like you know monster of the week here like these are here to stay you know and it really is like it's a puzzle like it's a bit of a pickle like that you've established that they can't be killed by bullets so like you said what kills them apparently rocks falling on them like it's but, unclear but I think if it was something technological i can sort of buy the physics or the math of it a little bit better yeah you know if it's if it's they had that they had the graph shield or that worked i thought well or they had some weapon that allowed them to hold on to this territory but yeah there aren't really any rules like like i mean i know they're super ripped and all <laughs> but like <laughs> yoked <laughs> but the the drag, i mean the, the lizard men of which there are like two kinds there's like a darker blue one now with suspenders super hot they do add a takeaway neo warriors seemingly at will <laughs> yeah oh yeah they're like yeah there's a scorpion one whatever like oh yeah and the scorpion ones definitely like they're they realize early on that there's some that look way cooler than other ones like the raptor one it's like yeah they got like shorts and like leader hose and suspenders whatever batman okay scorpion no get that thing fucking off the screen but like they gave up on the neo megas as a bad as a villain pretty quickly yeah and, and just went to like no they got like a network note that was like we need hotter villains we need abs we need yeah rip shoulders we want to no move shirts. some sexy toys khakis in a tragic twist of fate an animated science fiction television <laughs> show tells the story of jocks winning over nerds <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's fucking we're true. bringing we're bringing in the varsity neo sapiens it's like they girlfriends <laughs> and kiss girls on the lips <laughs> Yeah, it's, the, it's, fr- the, it's Friday Night Lights without the sensitivity. Yeah, the, raptor, the Raptors need like varsity jackets and like. Seriously, the, the, then they meet the Aboriginals and they're all ripped. Yeah, like, <laughs> everyone is like fucking cut. Like, good they, cut. They, they, they also have the exact same beard and haircut combination. Every oh, yeah. single person in that village. Oh my god! So, well, let's get that. So, the, basically, Maggie and Delion are being chased by these uh, Raptors. And they, they, you know, they have to ditch. So they're in the middle of the uh, the outback and they come across this uh, Aboriginal tribesman. And his name is Danny Borogong's the name. Of course, I'm not tribal myself. My family was living in Adelaide when the Neos first attacked, you see. Uh, oh, Chris, you forgot the part when Maggie uses her chain lightning against the raptors. Oh, that doesn't. Oh, that that also doesn't happen. Yeah, and the the barn burns. The barn that they're fighting in burns down because a raptor spits acid, and misses Maggie's frame. Also, Maggie's frame dies in one like acid hit on the shoulder. Um, there's a lot of the uh, Reinhardt and law of lasers here because it, you know, things when it's convenient to the story, things will just explode. When it's not, they'll just fall over. Um, but they so they go to this tribe and they end up spending the night with them and they. Uh, they go into the the cave where they have all the paintings and they talk about the dream time. And it turns out that, you know, these ancient paintings depict Neo sapiens and the high scrapers from Mad Max. And which is kind of, which is kind of interesting, right? That, that to me, that was like, there are a couple of things I actually do like about this episode. There was like that where it's sort of setting up this like sort of mystical 
side to this whole thing. Um, who knows if it'll actually pay off, but... But I, but I wish they had just sort of predicted Neo-Sapiens and it had just been as Ryan was saying, Neo-Sapiens and E-Frames. Yeah. And not like literally this kind of, I don't know, sh- kind of short-lived, goofy uh, yeah. warrior thing. You know, I wish it just sort of... You know, I like the idea that like it... Per- was sort of predictive of you know a new evolution of humanity well they had yeah. like the, the paintings are like the neo sapien raptor guys stick figure eyes um chasing two you know stick figure exotroopers and it's like okay that's a little on the nose a bit but like you know what is it it's not foreshadowing it's five shadowing but like nice. that, that, that's not even right um but yeah so but they basically have a showdown in the cave uh there's a firefight they use the fusion pack from Delion's frame to like blow the cave and bury the Neo Raptors finally. Um, and yeah, and the, but we also get this, uh, other scene where Napier and the resistance, they're debating their position, whether they should just like abandon Australia or what. And Napier doesn't want to leave. Cause he's like, what kind of leader would I be if I ran out on you? A live one. That, what do you guys think of that scene? Cause I think it was a really interesting take on leadership and bravery and, you know, the war, not the battle, you know? I, I think it's a very nuanced take on it, because, like, Napier, like, like a lot of this, a lot of the Napier subplot is, like, him learning how to be, like, a general. And he, yeah, he, like, he, like, wants to be equal to everyone, but they understand that he's, like, more valuable because he's, like, in charge of the resistance. Like, I think that's an interesting nuanced take. And, and I do think it's interesting at the end where, like, Marsala kind of dings him that he's like not ready because he like doesn't know who General, General MacArthur is. I will return, you know. Yeah, like MacArthur. Who's MacArthur? An old Earth general, 20th century. You know, Mr. Napier, if you seek to lead these people, you really should study their history. He kind of gets uh, John Connard. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was a good move on... Um, What's his what's his what's his butt's part? Um, Tyree's Tyree. Tyree's part, yeah, because he was. I mean, his attack last week of on attacking Gambera was, you know, pr- not ordered by anybody in the EXO fleet. So he goes from doing this pretty selfish act to a pretty selfless act. So I thought that was a nice little arc for him. Yeah, it's like he goes to the point of like saying, "Take my frame, fly and meet the EXO fleet." You know. You know, my fate's not going to change either way, whether I have it or not. Take my oven mitt. Yeah. <laughs> Crikey. Um, Put it in the oven. Yeah. Shake them tater tots. I don't know why that went kind of Boston-y. I can't do an Australian. So one thing I, one thing I did want to ask. So is the, is the like, uh, is the like white guy who's adopted by the Aboriginal tribe, is he supposed to be Tyree's brother? Oh, man. You know, there's part of me that was wondering that. Because he Cause talks... I, I, I feel like at some point they mentioned that Tyree's name is George. I think, maybe. May, well, he because he talks about his brother uh, basically left because so when the Neo Sapiens came, uh, Danny went out and uh, hi Danny went out and uh, you know sort of went and lived the traditional lifestyle, but his brother joined the resistance. So they kind of like set it up a little bit like that, but. Also, knowing the show, it would not surprise me if they were just like, yeah, he's just a random guy and his brother got killed by a crab guy, you know? Yeah, crushed um, to death. Yeah, crushed to death and then dragged to the depths. Um, so, I, you know, I just wanted to go through and, like, 
some things I liked about this episode. I mean, that's basically how it ends, right? It's it's kind of like a very straightforward episode. It's a cool episode in a lot of ways. Um, but I just wanted to throw some things I liked about this episode out because there's some things I definitely didn't like. Um, one, I really like the kind of horror atmosphere that they threw out there where people are getting dragged down and like there's this kind of one of the things we talked about in the last episode was how these things weren't that threatening. And it was kind of cool to see them as that like that zombie thing that just keeps coming, right? Where like the raptors are just uh, chasing them. They can't be stopped. They don't sleep or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I feel like one of the, the problems with having so many of them, it just sort of almost undercuts that Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So I, like, I guess I like the fact that it was just really cut uh, raptor men in khakis <laughs> coming after them. And it wasn't like 10 different styles. Yeah, no, it, it kind of streamlined it down to a very a smaller story because this is really a Maggie and uh, De Leon episode in the end. Yeah, um, which I liked. Yeah, it's just awesome. And that's the other thing is like, I like that they gave those two business because they've kind of alluded to the fact that maybe they have something going or whatever, but they never really gave them the screen time. And now this whole episode's practically them. So I really dug that. So I love the fact, but I like the fact that, it, you know, I don't know. I would say this a lot, but as for a cartoon show, for them to have a little bit of, you know, a little kiss, a little kiss, a little little uh, innuendo, Dalian totally just stares at her after she kisses him. Very cool reaction. I like that. I'd be curious. I'd, I'd be curious to see if it goes further in future episodes, and it's not just like a "Hey, thanks for, you know, helping me out." Yeah, kind of thing. But but I, I dug I dug that they're. I always like when the characters have like more of a relationship than um, just sort of the action and the combat. Speaking of which, uh, Nara Burns absent. Yeah, yeah, she's just like she's still up on the uh, the Cossack, hanging yeah. out with uh, Hollis. Obligatory Ren DMC reference here. It's Christmas time in Hollis, I just want to say real quick the other two things I liked was you know the scene with. Uh, the Napier scene we talked about, but also the fact that they show through Shiva that the Neo Sapien sort of alpha and betas, whatever they are, aren't a fan of the warrior breed thing. It's like, it's a step too far for them. Like, I think that was a really interesting thing to illustrate. And it was done really effectively and quickly. I was once commanding general of all Earth forces. Now I am a zookeeper. I don't, I almost want to see a little bit more behind Neo Sapien line. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to know what Thrax is doing right now, what happened to all the uh, Neo Megas and all that stuff. And, like, you know, actually have a scene with Phaeton that's not just him, like, monologuing over B roll of Dinosaur Man. I think we get that a little later on, if I recall. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some more about like the breakdown of like of like Neo Sapien culture. I do also want to shout out uh, that Maggie and Dalion do have a shared apocalyptic dream Alec what's wrong I had a dream there was an explosion a huge one bigger than anything I've ever seen I I had a dream too do you think there's something to this dream time business which like might be a cartoon metaphor for doing it <laughs> but oh yeah so, so something about that dream they, there's this big explosion in <laughs> 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 what there's a neat, there's an E-frame flying into and out of a hangar bay repeatedly. <laughs> oh, man. As they say, sometimes a dream is just a dream. Sometimes. But they see like a giant explosion in the dream. Do you think that's um, foreshadowing for the 
last episode. You see, I think they were trying to foreshadow for the the third season that didn't happen, where there were like chaos was going to vanish and all this crazy stuff. Mars. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert for like a 20 year old show. Mars blows. (laughs) That's like a pretty big spoiler. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, then again, like we've always said, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the show, you know, you should probably by now watch the show because we're like many episodes in. To be fair, yeah, it's like there's three planets in this world and one of them just blows up. <laughs> 33% of the entire population of the of the solar system is wiped out in 22 minutes of animated television. <laughs> but imagine like watching like imagine watching the West Wing and be like, "Oh, spoiler alert. South America gets blown up." Like like Seattle is wiped off the map. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, like, well, it's kind of a twist, yeah, th- isn't it? I didn't see that coming. Yeah, season yeah. four f- finale, the White House explodes, and Leo is so running it. How from I met fucking, your mother. Yeah, yeah. And spoiler alert: <laughs> he meets the mother. Um, There's a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything that stood out that you really liked about this episode, guys? Or- I mean, I think you touched on a lot of things that I, I that we liked um, or that I liked. I liked the the relationship stuff. I liked the the Napier stuff and the um, kind of metaphysical aspect of it. I mean, I mean, they, they could have gone and really pushed any one of those elements pretty far. You know, it would have been like a whole, you could have done a whole like trippy uh, dream episode, which I'm kind of glad they didn't do. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I'm glad. I, I don't know. I just think it's cool in a show that's like so distinctly science fiction that they take one episode to have like a there's like a spiritual aspect to this world and like there's kind of like there's there's more there's there's more to it than like what's going on right now which i think is is like a very uh is a very uh a very bold choice for like a distinctly science fiction like a like a a hard like a, it's kind of hard sciencey like there's no like mysticism to it yeah, I, I like it when it's not like overdone or out of nowhere. You know, when you're watching like a 22 episode season of a show and there's like some strange departure because you know they ran out of money for that episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm glad it, I'm glad it wasn't that, but I, I do like that there's some kind of a spiritual element to it, like you said. Yeah, I mean, then again, the Zeppo is an amazing episode of Buffy, so I'm just saying. Strong. Um, oh yes, I mean you can do them well. They're Bottle episodes are good. It's not necessarily that. Yeah, it's. But you know what I mean. Like sometimes you're just like, oh, that's kind of a, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. When it's just like a, one off. You know what I mean? It's it like the clip show. Out of yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now here's the big question: What? Not to beat it too hard, but like that's a really weird phrasing. Um, please don't. Please, you know what? You do. You do what you got to do. I mean, I really enjoy being on this podcast. So go know. go at your own pace. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it. This is where we get into the fun stuff. Um, what what didn't work for you? Like, what really just straight up did not work? Um, you know, or if you could change something in this episode, what would you change? The tension with the the tension with Shiva is cool, but like the Neo Warriors like replacing like Neo Sabians and E Frames is wildly unnecessary. Like, it doesn't really add anything to the story. It doesn't really add anything to like the 
the uh, like I, I guess I guess it's a good it's a good corollary to like Hitler's eugenics program. I will say though, against that, one of the themes that the, for, they were trying to push is sort of the loss of humanity from the Neo Sapiens and them sort of discovering their humanity by you know almost losing it. So I feel like you need something like this to accomplish that like goal. Yeah. Or do you think like, you think, like they could have well, done something horrible instead? A little bit last week. Yeah. Which was there's there's maybe a better way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Like 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 what if it was like they are like they're like fusing Neo Sapiens into their E frames? Like I think that could like be a cooler way to like to like explore that. Or like the gooey guys for one. If they started doing yeah horrible experiments on like Neo Sapiens civilians basically. Yeah, man. Do you know. more yeah, I, yeah, I just, I just think they, they could take a little bit more time with creating one kind of creature instead of six hundred. Like there weren't like there weren't like eighty five Neo Megas. One that's like super good at math. One that plays just the violin. You know, <laughs> like one that's good at ping pong. I would love that though if they had like the Stentor series of like entertainment Neo Sapiens just to keep like sure. Phaeton occupied. Yeah, would be kind of great. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I think like they could have done it with set it up more and just done maybe one kind of creature. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And we, we, we really get the idea that like, if they don't do it, they're going to get, they're going to lose the war. So it's a desperate move, not just like get me hot guys in pants. <laughs> well, you know, and to that, it, if you spend a lot of time and resources to make one thing, it makes more sense that it's like, like unkillable, you know, it's like, it's like the alien kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes more sense that it's it can do all sorts of crazy stuff. But when you're like, you know, having the creepy crawlers like being dumped down on the table and you're like, here we go. It's it's a little it's a little wacky. Um any other uh major things you wanted to hit on with the negative side? Uh I, I think I think Chris is I think Chris really um is amazing and I Yeah God L- God in bed. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> strongly, strongly agree. Wait, I did have something on this. Looks like Sorry, one of the Raptor but, guys, but in shorter shorts. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> strongly, strongly agree. Um, Phaeton, I've made the newest creature. It looks, looks like the Raptor. Yes, but his shorts are shorter. Shorter shorts. <laughs> I found the seventh pack. <laughs> <laughs> He's got abs on his arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many abs. Uh, oh, wait, no, it's back. Got it. Uh, I think Chris <laughs> made a really, really good point that like, we weren't really done with the Neo Megas before they were like, oh, that's not working. All right. Here's like acid spinning crocodile Baywatch bros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't get their final. I mean, they had the thing where they uh, uh, who was it? Draconis, like, you know freaking lawn darted that one dude but it, you're you're right it didn't have the big payoff it should have yeah it's like a weird yeah it's like a really weird choice of like yeah like i don't know what's going on with the neo i don't understand what's going on with the neo megas like yeah i mean i do like the fact that the neo it's like the neo megas helped create these guys which are awful but they're, they're redundant now unless you want to do yeah. like the, you know they're the brains and the warriors are the brawn and it's like eh i don't know I just wanted to throw out a question we got online that I really like, and it's kind of a two-parter, so bear with me for a second. It's from John Ferrier, and he says, question, which species 
were rejected for neo hybrids, neo bunnies, neo squirrels. Man, I'd love to see a neo platypus with an enormous venomous spur. Um, also, if you had to be a neo mega or a neo hybrid, what would you be? So I think this question also highlights something I wanted to bring up, which is that that theme wise, it is egregious that there was no kangaroo neo warrior. That is absurd. <laughs> that, that that's literally what I was thinking. <laughs> and it could have it could have boxing gloves and abs. Like a little one comes out and then punches you after you think you've beaten it. Oh, dude, the little micro kangaroo. Like, yeah, he can have like, like hand the, grenades. What was the cassette tape that lived in Megatron? <laughs> uh, Soundwave. Sound yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I was thinking Neo Beavers would be maybe not a great one. But there's part of me here's and he, this is what kind of disappoints me, though. There's part of me that deep down thinks they show up later in the season. I'm not sure. And that, that, that makes me sad that I don't know for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, all your cute, cuddly farm animals are <laughs> like the, the neo goat. Yeah. E- eating the Ex- expert at climbing. Self-sufficient. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you think they could find something, I guess the sonar aspect of the bat, but like, you know, a neo like vulture or neo eagle. I don't know, just some other like an actual bird thing instead of just Batman. Like the neo butterfly that's just gorgeous. <laughs> Isn't threatening, but just you know. That would be like the thing Phaeton keeps around just to be like, you're the prettiest Neo Sapien, you know? It gets all creepy with it. They also do come increasingly closer to the line of like Cronenbergian body horror with like the crab people and like the scorpion people. Oh Spider-Man. Like the bat- yeah. Like the bat and the like the bat and the like lizard are like not that freaky, but like later on they get like wild. <laughs> Getting picked up by a crab and drowned is might be the most horrible one of the most horrible deaths we've seen on the show. Yeah, man. Also, I would like to reiterate those bat people fly thousands of miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the acid spitting raptors have like pinpoint accuracy at like right. at distance. And it can melt like exo frame armor like out like it can destroy it like utterly. I will say the fortune teller podcast uh, points out that neo sloths probably did not make the cut. Yeah, because they'd be just too cute when they were little baby neo sloths. Too adorable, man. But uh, well, that brings us to it. Who's your MVP for this episode? Uh, I'm going to give it to the Aboriginal Elders, uh, who let DeLeon and um, Maggie stay the night with the tribe uh, and, um, like, introduce them to, like, the mystical uh, aspect. And also fight the raptors with spears, which is badass. That's true, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not at all concerned. <laughs> There's no. a part where DeLeon goes, you know, we're being chased by the really ripped uh, raptor men wearing khakis who shoot acid and they're like yeah no we told them it's cool we're not really <laughs> upset um i gotta give it to weston for making unwanted sexual advances on de leon de-, de leon plays the long con like what was it 10 episodes ago where he's just like taking people to the morgue and stuff like that like he knows what he's doing that's true have you ever seen the sunrise on venus <laughs> um shoot i will give it to i gotta give it to maggie because like you know that scene where she's trying to fix de leon's frame and she tries everything and then she just kicks it out of frustration and starts working is classic. 
And also she decides to take the fusion pack just in case they need to kill themselves to kill all the uh, the raptor dudes. So super badass move. Actually, can I change mine to the um, the aboriginals trainer? (laughs) (laughs) And and hairstylist. Yeah, whoever's getting whoever's getting them ripped is my MVP. <laughs> those those aboriginals are straight yoked. Yeah, dude, shredded like lettuce, man. Like, yeah. for fucking real. <laughs> I'm bleeding because they're cut. I mean. <laughs> and they're like they're like mystical, like monastic dude but they're just ripped out of their minds you know they're gonna wander around the outback for like hours do a bunch of crunches and just like <laughs> and hang out by the pool it's like it's kind of a great life it's a very transcendent it's like six thousand crunches and you can see the dream time <laughs> <laughs> oh man um I cannot. I cannot teach you to be swole. I can only teach you not to miss leg day. <laughs> uh, freaking a. Um, do we got anything we want to plug? Um, yeah, I want to plug uh, two loopy ladies on Etsy. If you need anything for Halloween, they have Halloween crocheted uh, items and uh, all sorts of scarves and hats. Two loopy ladies on Etsy. Two five films uh, for your wedding videography needs. Sick. And I just want to say, you know, as always, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash exosquad goals, and you can uh, hear episodes like the one from last week where we talked about fish police and also Pirates of Dark Water, but mainly fish police because fish fish police exists. And Megan Mullaney was the voice of the like femme. This is an amazing cast. Yeah, it's freaking Ed Ed Asner, man. Right? John Ritter. John Ritter was the main guy. It has no right to be as like as stacked as it is. We might need to do the next episode on Fish Police, by the way. Robert Guillaume, who just passed away. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Hector Elizondo. Jonathan Winters. Yeah, freaking A. Tim Curry again. (laughs) This This guy like could pull talent, man. Like it's unreal. Um. I don't know what, like, Hanna-Barbera, like, put a ton of money behind this dude. Yeah, freaking, uh, well, anyway, go to our Patreon and throw <laughs> I know, us- and, his, and his best, they put a ton of money behind him, and his best idea was police that are fish. <laughs> There's so many fish in the world. I, I follow you, I follow you, but, like, who polices the fish? Uh, what? Fish police. <laughs> fish police. Sorry. Our Patreon. Our Patreon. Patreon.com. You can support us with as little as $2. It helps us cover the cost of having a website and making gifts. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it just helps us cover production costs. And, uh, yeah, you can get cool new content like Fish Police. But, uh, yeah, guys, any last, or sorry, not last thoughts. I'm going ahead. Get any recommendations for this week? Uh, Fish Police. Highly <laughs> recommend Fish Police. <laughs> Yeah, check out Fish Police. Uh, they, <laughs> you see, they solve often mafia-related crimes. <laughs> and I will also say, watch Fish Police because the intro is also super racist towards Asian people, which uh, seems like a theme. But definitely watch Fish Police. Uh, it's also oh, it's also apparently a comic book. Oh shit! Who published it? It's probably uh, I, I think it's some indie publisher. 
But like the covers and stuff look really cool. They do look like noir, like, but they're fish. <laughs> <laughs> that that might be the best description of anything I've heard. It's like noir, but fish. Um, not but fish. But yeah, any last thoughts on this, guys? Uh, no. <laughs> Looking forward, to, looking forward to next week. Kind of curious how this little arc with these dudes ends. Yeah, no, me too. I want to see what happens with uh, Australia. And speaking of next week, uh, the next episode is called No Surrender. It's episode 21. We're getting, right. we're, we're getting to that end, man. Only like 18 more after that. Oh, <laughs> dude, cruising. Oh, yeah. Nice and easy. <laughs> Cruise yeah. control. Just phoning it in. I mean, no. Yeah. Actually, kind of, because, you know. Skype, but you know, anyway. talking about man, I, I gave a hundred, I'm giving 110% right now. <laughs> yeah, we're all in the same room, yeah, yeah totally. You can not, phoning, not phoning anything, nope. Um, but yeah, we come no, out. No, no, no. <laughs> I kind of like that. That's becoming your catchphrase, <laughs> like, <laughs> um. By the way, it's Inspector Gill from Fish Police. Just just throwing that out there. Oh, uh, the Fish Police names are amazing. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, we come up with a new episode every Saturday. You know, so check us out. Leave us a review. Five stars would be good. Write some words. That helps a lot. Um, our intro and natural music is done by Eric Calderon. You can find the stuff on YouTube at 331ERock. Uh, go check his stuff out. It's kind of great. You can find us on Twitter at ExosquadGoals. Email us at ExosquadGoals at gmail.com. And yeah, for that long form uh, feedback, I guess. That's the word I was looking for. But yeah, as always, for ExosquadGoals, I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Arnerty. And I'm Chris Farentino. Are there any heroes in this fish police? No, no sir. Their names are so good. Yeah. Sharkster, Calamari, Tadpole, <laughs> Mercod, Pearl. I I love I love like shows where like everyone's a different species. Cause like the equivalent would be like, it's Chris Person and Joe Man and <laughs> Steve Boy. <laughs> There's a character named WK the Weenie King and Father Fluke. <laughs> Father Fluke is really good. Right? Hey, Father, it's Father Fluke. I heard from Tadpole that Father Fluke's been taken from the collection truck. Forgive me, Father. I have, uh... I have finned. I have finned. I have swim. <laughs> I, I really want to watch the Wes Anderson-directed Fish Police, like, animated, like, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Stop motion. Reboot, yeah. <laughs> That'd actually be kind of great. Yeah, dude. <laughs>